All right, go ahead, Mary. This is going to be a disaster. Uh, this is Mary Hollyfield. Uh, this is Allison Seyfried. And <laughs> welcome to the For Freedom, Freedom Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. So I guess, should we edit that? No, I think it's great how it is, John. We have a special episode today with our beautiful wives, my beautiful wife. John, I don't, do you think your wife's beautiful, John? Oh, she's hot. All right, all right. So they're going to be joining us today uh, for a irregular episode. Irregular. Uh, so we're <laughs> Before we get to that, let's roll that beautiful bean footage. Roll it. I do not mean to be mean. I do mean to be mad. You obey your pastor. If you ain't got the King James, you ain't got... Hey, if you don't have a King James, you don't have a Bible. I still believe if you're cold day in hell before I get my family from a woman, I'm a preacher. Young preachers that do love God get pulled off into Calvinism. And I'll fight it. I'll fight it. I'll fight you in the parking lot over it. I'll get personal with you. When you got dressed today, you dressed deity. This is the For Freedom Podcast, a podcast that is part of the RFP Network that seeks to bring freedom in Christ from the spiritual abuse of legalism in the independent fundamental Baptist movement. Now here are your hosts, John Hollyfield and James Sacred. And so fundamentalism is designed to uh, unpack the idea of authority from Scripture. The problem with that is that that's not the defining principle in Scripture. It is a part of Scripture, but the defining principle in Scripture is love. that all men who sit under the, uh, that teaching will become abusive. But what I'm saying is the ones who are abusive will be drawn to that sort of teaching. I don't want to give people just a list of things they can start doing differently until they have a heart out of which they're going to be doing those things differently. Bitterness is different from hurt. I would say that hurt or even abuse does not have to result in bitterness. All right, as James was saying, we have uh, a very, very cool topic to cover today um, and probably the most important guests we've ever had on this podcast. Absolutely. And that is, we have our wives. So Allison is there with James in their studio, which their studio looks like tonight. We are recording this because we had to um, get our wives involved in this, and and the whole thing of kids plays a factor in this, that uh, (laughs) they are at home. This is like the kids have been put to bed. They have been given drugs so they don't wake up. And (laughs) just joking, people, we don't drug our kids. We use Vicks at our house. We use melatonin gummies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay here's your vitamin for the night <laughs> and um so they're in their they're in their kitchen and we actually are in our kitchen as well and that smell that you're smelling is chocolate warm chocolate chip muffins that just came out of the oven you're not smelling it. We, smell can, we can oh, smells good it smells good i've got coffee in my beautiful uh, if you didn't know guys we have a website where you can buy merchandise and i'm drinking coffee in my four freedom mug and I'm I'm drinking great value <laughs> distilled water. Mary, what are you drinking? Water from my mason jar. Water. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, John, how are we going to run this tonight? Uh, All right. Well, let's talk about what then. we're going to talk about. We're, we're yeah. the subject is uh, something that I've been thinking about. Actually, the the idea of having um, Mary and Allison on has been tossed around for quite a while, and. Um, 
you know, James was all for it. Let's just have him on and talk. And I was like, uh, I'm not going to get Mary on here unless we have a good topic. And I was like, never, the topic never came up. Like, it was never just hitting. What is a good thing for us all to discuss together? And uh, then it, it came to me um, a couple months ago. I thought a good topic to talk about would be something that I've been sort of meditating on and pondering myself. And that is um, leaving legalism together. Or maybe we could put it this way. What it's like to grow as a couple, as a marriage after you have left it and um my, my microphone just came loose sorry john when did you uh when did you let mary know about this last night no 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 that's not last night i got show notes last night yes this this is a false <laughs> false statement this is not true this information is this misinformation this is uh what is it uh false news um false flag fake news, fake news. And uh, so, actually, no, I think it was a week and a half ago or two weeks, we let them know about it. She didn't get the notes until yesterday. Mm. <laughs> she knew about yeah, it. I'll, I actually I'll, sent her yeah. an article on yeah. communication. Watch how this communication yeah. breaks no, down. No, 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 no. So, you sent me a text message and didn't even tell me anything about what you were sending me because you send me stuff all the time. So, I had no idea this had to do with this. Yeah, and the article was about communication, and I said, "Read this." No, I didn't say read no, this. No, I, I didn't say read no, no. it. You, didn't, you didn't even it. tell me to read it. You just said and it. so she thinks, "Oh yeah, he's trying to get me to like teach at the church, and this is supposed to be teach me how to do that better." And that's not what it had to do with. So yeah, we're going to talk about communication while we have absolutely failed at communication. Amen, so there you brother. go. Amen. And you, you, you definitely do not want to turn this off tonight. <laughs> So well, we're, well, we're, go ahead. Go ahead, James. Yeah, we're, we're going to get started by sort of our audience has heard my testimony, my story. They've heard John, you've, you've shared your story more than I have probably on this episode, on these shows. Uh, and so we're going to sort of let our wives tell their stories uh, and then we'll sort of tell how we met. And so let's start with Allie. And she's been the most talkative so far tonight. And uh, so she's just going to sort of tell her story in fundamentalism, where she was raised at, her background. Uh, and then when she's done, Mary, you can take the mic and tell about your story. <clears throat> okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Obviously, I'm uh, very nervous. Where do I start? Where you were raised. Okay. I was raised at... A church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, Erica Pacey was my pastor. Am I supposed to name drop? Is that okay? okay. Absolutely. Um, I grew up there. Um, I was actually reached through the bus ministry as a five-year-old little girl. And me and my sister were picked up. Basically, my parents just saw it as a, a two-hour free babysitting um, at first. Then eventually my parents, um, we begged them one weekend because it was a promotion Sunday. If we got our parents to come to church, then we got a big prize. So we would literally beg and beg and beg until they eventually said yes, that they would come with us. And then from there, it just <clears throat> escalated. My parents started coming very faithfully. Um, my dad started teaching Sunday school, leader led our junior church ministry, led a bus route. We were extremely involved. Um, we eventually started going to the Christian school there. That's where I graduated from. Um, I got saved when I was 13 years old. Um, I was a typical bus kid. If you know what a bus ministry is, um, I would get saved every week. And then I get baptized the following week just because I liked um, getting up in front of people and getting baptized out the, I guess, the attention. I don't know. <laughs> but um, eventually, as going, growing up into the Christian school, um, I realized that I definitely was not where I needed to be. Um, and the Lord definitely led me the right way. And I got saved when I was 13. And then... I guess after high school, that's when I met James. Actually, I met James when I was 16. And then I went through the college, graduated from the college. And what type of church was Gospel Light growing up in? Uh, was it hard on standards? Was it hard on legalism in your mind? Or, or what was your perception growing up 
uh, as a as a kid? Um, I would say it was it was very legalistic, very um, strict. Um, if you didn't really abide by the rules, then an outcast. Um, I just remember that there would be um, girls that would like leave our school, but they would come back and go to basketball games and stuff. And I remember like judging them because they wore pants and just <laughs> seeing them just be like, Oh my goodness, they're so backslidden right now because they're walking through our gym wearing pants. And I just, I couldn't believe it. So you were bought in, you were like, this is, this is the way it's supposed to be. Well, I felt like I really didn't know any different because my mm -hmm. parents started going and then they were so into it. So I felt like because they were so into it, I had to be like, I remember the day that my mom literally cut up her pants. Like I was running around the house in her shredded pants uh, because then she, she said the fact of, you know, I don't want you to stop wearing pants. I'm literally a six year old little girl. She said, I don't want you to stop wearing pants. This is just a conviction of mine. Like, that's what I need to do. All the ladies of the church, you know, they only wear skirts. So I feel like I need to. So, I mean, we gave up our pants when I was six. I didn't wear another pair of pants until I was married. Hallelujah. I enjoyed those times. <laughs> um, so you said you went from high school. You went from the high school to the college. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you, did you feel like there was there any other option did you did you consider any other colleges i mean what was your attitude or what was the perceived attitude during that time uh, my parents gave me two options they said you can either go to champion or you can go to hiles anderson and of course i did not want to go to hiles that was way too far away i like to be home so i was like well i guess my other option is champion champion sorry and so you uh, met James there, and well, you actually knew James before there. Um, I did. And uh, we, I don't know if we want to get sidetracked on um, how you felt about James when you first met him, but that's a funny story, maybe for later. She was madly in love with me when she <laughs> saw me, and uh, wow. I was playing hard to get. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if this may come out. I'm looking at her in show notes. I don't know if this may come out later on as we're talking, but okay. So you guys got married. You went into the ministry, and we've heard James's story about you guys leaving Idaho and leaving that ministry in Idaho, and then sort of your journey in North Carolina, starting going to a Southern Baptist church, and then where you guys are at in ministry today. So how was it for you, sort of leaving the culture of where you were raised, educated? Then going into ministry and then transitioning to where maybe your mind and heart is now. I would say like, uh, even when I was in high school, um, I would say that I was rebellious spirit because I, I didn't, I never understood why I couldn't do certain things, why I couldn't go to the movies, why I couldn't wear a pair of pants why I even I don't know there were a lot of different rules that my parents had it may have just been my parents but I think it was just the way that our church was um I wasn't really ever I, okay I guess I just bucked against the system a lot um even with music choices um I had to like we would get in trouble even in in our bedrooms if our, our parents saw that our the radio station was like programmed to one uh, station. So I, I would say that I had to be bought in, but I wasn't necessarily myself, my heart, I guess, completely bought in. What was your mindset but, when we left Idaho to come to North Carolina and you, did you think we were going to go into another independent fundamental Baptist church? when we came back to North Carolina or what was your perception of all that? Because I've shared before, I thought we were leaving for a couple months to find another church, another ministry, like where we were from. What was your thought on that? Did you even want to go back into ministry after we left Idaho? Um, because of how, um, 
Idaho was, I would say that I wasn't ready to completely jump in. Like I know you said after a few months, but I was in my heart hoping that it would have been just a little bit longer. And I think the two years that we had when we were searching for another church was honestly one of the best things that ever happened to us just because we were able to focus on our family and then while we're searching for another church, but I think it gave us that time to just real or figure out who we really wanted to be. What was it like walking into a Southern Baptist church for the first time, Allie? It was interesting only for the fact that we were raised that um, King James was the only version. And if you read anything else, then you weren't <laughs> right. Um, and I was always taught that any other religion than the religion at that church was wrong. So for me, it was like, I almost felt guilty for being there. Like, uh, even, um, for the past couple of months, I've been wearing pants on a Sunday morning. And I told James, I said, the, when I did it, I said, I actually felt like free in a sense, because I've, I mean, I've had to wear um, skirts and I and dresses, and I, I've always hated wearing skirts and dresses. Like, I can wear nice clothes and be dressed to the nines like we were taught to be, but I don't have to wear a skirt or a dress. And sitting on the front pew in pants, I felt guilty, but yet I, I felt free. So, I mean, I'm still learning how to even come out, I guess, uh, of legalism and just even the little things. But I would, I would say definitely James has helped me a lot through that. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. John, any thoughts? We're just going to Mary. What's your thoughts? Does Allison want a break? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to turn she, over she, to. She used some terms there of the four freedom, baby. She found freedom. That's what go. we're here for. There you go. Freedom. All right. So we're going to turn it over to my wife, Mary. And um, the best day in her life was whenever she uh, found the Lord as her Savior. The second best day of her life was whenever she found me. So, <laughs> and she's laughing right now. Okay, so um, I'm going to turn it over to turn the mic over to her. And James, you can sort of run some questions by her. That's probably what we should have started off with Allison to help her give her some direction. We figured that out on the, yeah. as we go. No editing here, though. That's our motto. Oh. We don't edit. Right. No editing. <laughs> Okay, well, um, if we're starting back at the beginning, um, I grew up in a church that my grandfather pastored. Um, it was a small church, mainly made up of family. Um, there was not, um, I would not say that they were huge in legalism. Um, my husband says that they were. No, no, but, no. I was agreeing with you. Oh, it's like, okay. That's, that's an accurate statement. <laughs> okay, so they weren't necessarily um, big into legalism. Um, so the wearing skirts all the time and not being able to go to the movie theaters, that was all introduced to me later on in life. Um, I became a believer when I was nine, um, gave my life to the Lord. Um but through some circumstances with um, my family, my parents ended up pulling me from the public school system and putting me into a Christian school. Um, and I would say there is where legalism was very heavy and introduced to me. Um, now, I uh, was very much a rule follower. So... Um, when I was presented with all the rules that the school presented, um, I very much wanted to fit in. So I had no problem, um, wearing the skirts, um, and following all the rules that they had there with not going to the movie theaters and, um, just a list that, uh, pretty much went on. Um, so there... Um, so you found comfort. It, it, this is what we sort of always said. You you sort of found a comfort or a safety in the. Is, is our sound off? No, it was just funny because you're like. <laughs> was that pull the mic from her? 
Yeah. Yes. It, did it make a really loud noise? <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> We're going to have so much editing to do. Um, so what you're saying is that you found sort of a safety and um, security sort of in the the regiment of, of rules or just this is what you're supposed to do, do it. Oh, yes, very much so. Um, I like to know where my lines are. And so being part of that um, school and that system, I, I love the rules. I knew what I could do and could not do. And I guess I felt like safety in that. Um, as long as I followed those rules, then I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do. Go to the part where you went to visit Bible colleges and you saw this really awesome guy at this college in Arkansas and you said, that's the one I got to go to. Oh, okay. <laughs> was that at West Coast, John? <laughs> what college was that again? Yeah. No. Um, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. So our friends introduced us at Bible college and I had a class with him and I didn't even know it until, um, oh, don't tell that oh, part. Oh, <laughs> not that part. Don't talk about that. <laughs> okay. Um, so what okay. part? <laughs> okay. Do you not want me the to only part she knows, John. <laughs> There's a lot of parts. <laughs> Uh, show notes, John. Show notes. Well, these are the show notes, James, that I work off of. It's like bullet point is like five things. It's like we just we just spitball it. They're Our like this is nothing. Is this Our is nothing is to go by. Um, okay, so uh, you go to Champion. We meet there, and uh, well, John, uh, well, let me ask let me ask Mary this. Okay. What was your thought of going from Murfreesboro? Did you mention where you were at the college, the school you went to, or no? I didn't mention okay. it. Do you want me to Okay, we're fine. Did you, going from there to champion, was there a difference in mentality? Was there a difference in rule structure? Or was it pretty much what you were used to? Pretty much what I was used to. Okay, yeah. yeah. So there was um, comfort in knowing what you could already do and couldn't do. Right, yeah. So I went from the rules not changing at all. They might have yeah. been amplified a little bit, you know, with certain like culotte standards. I, you know, I didn't have to wear culottes before until I went there and I was like, oh, culottes, what are these? I have to have these made? <laughs> you know, I had that problem too. It was, it was tough. Wearing hose, you know, to classes. That was a, whoo, man, that one, don't get me started on that one. You guys had to put water hoses around you <sighs> to go to class? Okay. Being a college student and having to buy hosiery <laughs> hosiery with um and they had runs like all the time so you were constantly going to walmart spending like five six dollars on hosiery was like insane i think we need to define terms can you explain what a run and a hose is <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking i'm joking okay so um i think that uh so we meet and we go into ministry we went to we actually went to a southern baptist church first spent a year there, and then we went back to an independent fundamental Baptist church and spent three years there. Um, so I think you heard, we, we didn't get into details with James and Allie's story, but from there you sort of heard the way to do it. So I guess what I wanted to go, maybe transition a little bit here, is to talk about, like, what are some helps that you can do as far as, like, let's say you are leaving legalism, you're at one place, but your spouse is in another. You may have had your eyes opened, you, the disillusionment has come off, and now you're ready to be out of this, you see it as mess, you're, you're like, you're done, you are done. But your spouse is like, we're, 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 we're leaving the faith. You know, they're in a totally, maybe not that far, maybe so, but they're in a to totally different space. And so one of the goals that I had for this, and I don't know if we're going to get accomplish it, but one of my goals is to help you sort of help couples in this type of situation get on the same page. If we go to James and Allie's story, you get to hear how it's properly done. You come to mine and Mary's story, you hear how it's not properly done. Because we had a rough, we, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to paint the picture that we had like a terrible marriage, but we had a little bit of a rocky path growing together over the past eight years because I was growing 
by leaps and bounds, reading, studying, listening. The job I had, I could listen to messages and teaching all the time. And Mary's at home raising kids and didn't have that. So I'd come home and say this, and we get into arguments. I don't know, James, do you, do you, how, do you, were your and Allie's experience a little different? Well, so the, what's different about mine and Allie's story, and Allie sort of said this beforehand, and I'll just let her say it. What was, what was the reason why it was so easy for you to transition away from the legalism side of it and, and okay with some of the things that I was going through? <laughs> Tell me what I said again, James. You said that you weren't fully bought into the system. So when I started coming out of it, it oh, just okay. made sense to you. Like, okay, we can listen to different music. We can wear pants. We can do these things. Yes, I, I think it was, like I said, um, when you reminded me, I said, <laughs> um, with, like I said, oh, gosh, I'm nervous, I guess. Sorry, John. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, Three, I wasn't two, fully one. bought into it. <laughs> so my heart, I guess, was already um, in the motion of kind of waiting until really James was like, <laughs> kind of gave me the green light yeah. in a sense and just feeling something in my heart. But I didn't want to just completely blow up everything that we had spent the past lifetime lifetime yeah, in I mean, 20 something years so well and, and one of the things even out on that that we went through was and if you listen back i don't know what episode it was john maybe you know off the top of your head uh when we were live at bourbon missouri uh it was 45 episode 45 no, i don't have no idea i just threw that out there <laughs> okay i'm going with that trust you brother and uh when we talked about pillow talk and i sort of had that same time where I was working at Chick-fil-A, and now that my wife's on here, she can... Define your terms? <laughs> yes. We, you know, I was working at Chick-fil-A, so there'd be times where I'd get off at noon or one o'clock, and I would do what John said. I was listening to debates, and I was reading books, and so she would come home, the kids would go to bed, and we would discuss everything that I just learned, and a lot of that helped me because it was just someone that I could talk to. She didn't say a lot. She didn't, you know, push me in one direction or another. She didn't say I was a heretic. She just listened to where the difference for me was when she would tell me things, I would want to fix it. If she would say, well, why are we doing this? Well, I would just jump into let's fix this problem where she helped me by just observing, listening, and guided me along the way. So she was a lot better at that than I am in those pillow talk moments. <laughs> I will say this. That, okay, that's what I meant by James and Allison were sort of practicing it the right way. I'm pretty sure I called you a heretic several times. Well, let's just confess today on the episode. This is episode 66, Confession Time with the Four Freedom You're Podcast. A couple that is okay, what so, not to do. Okay. So I was just being honest. <laughs> not to. Let's go back to when you said, I don't want to talk on the podcast. Okay. Okay, I'm just joking. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I did I did not do <laughs> mute it. You, know, you told me we had to go to just one instead. I was trying to do two. Um, okay, so I did not practice that well. And so this is where we want to get to like one of the keys if you're wanna if you're in this sort of situation, one's growing or one's moving and the other one is at a different pace, communication is one of the biggest things that's gonna help you during this time to get back on the same page. I was not communicating. So I would come home. I would be like growing. I would. I read like two books and listened to like, you know, 35, 40 hours on the King James Only issue and never talked to Mary about it. And so then I'd come home and I'd talk about like, make some statement about how this person said this about the King James. Can you believe how stupid they are? And Mary's just like, you cannot talk about this around my family like that. You know, I can, this, it makes me nervous. And I'm like, I did not, I, and even at that, I didn't handle it well. I'm like, Mary, just, and she, I was, I was forgetting, I'm here, I've left her way behind here. She's not taking in all of these things because I haven't communicated. Yeah, well, Mary, what, how, what was your feelings like when John was coming home 
and sharing these revelations that he was having or information overload that he was having, what was your, in your mind, how were you feeling during that time? Uh, I, I really I know you thought, said you called him a heretic, but <laughs> no, I really remember having, um, thoughts of here we are. We've just, um, left an IFB church. We're here in Tennessee. And I kept thinking, is this midlife crisis? Is he, is he like literally like he is searching? This is new information okay, for me. Well, <laughs> I summed it up. Like, I really had thought, okay, here my husband is struggling from what we came out of in an IFB church. He is struggling, and now he is maybe, I mean, confused or he is searching. He doesn't even know what we believe anymore, like where we are at. And so as a wife, I felt like, oh, well, I need to stand strong in what I believe. This is what I've been taught my whole life. Um, I need to be an encouragement to him because I felt like he was going astray a little bit. Um, yeah. There's an, another thing that I did again that was that didn't go well was I would I would find like I would be like okay we're gonna do a Bible study together at home we'll put the kids to bed at like eight thirty and then I'll just put on this video of this teaching of like somebody from Ligonier or some YouTube video from somebody from MacArthur's place, and we're going to talk about theology tonight. And I wouldn't tell her I was going to do this. I would just like, the kids are bad. I said, let's watch this tonight. And she was just like, are you serious right now? I have, I've dealt with the kids all day long, and you're going to try to get me to think about theology at the present moment? And then, I again, and I wouldn't handle it well. I would get a little put off, and then, you know, it would just, it was, I did not, I didn't, I did not bring her along well. So this is where we're going to talk about, would you agree with that? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree with that. And to, and to the point where he started trying to get me involved so much that he would listen to stuff all the time when we were, we were in the car to where I would get frustrated where I didn't want to hear or even listen to what he was putting on, and I would just totally block it out. And he'd ask me a question. I'd be like, I don't know. I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention to this. <laughs> then John would get frustrated. Yeah. Well, I, I want to ask Allie that same question because I think just getting our wife's perspective on where they were at. when, Because I think me and John both came out of fundamentalism probably before our wives in certain areas. There were certain areas where my wife was never bought into the whole skirts and and dresses and music, those things she wasn't bought into, but the, she said, but you were, you, you wore the, you wore the skirts. Well, someone had to, John. (laughs) We had all those in the, in the closet. I wasn't gonna let them go to waste. Uh, (laughs) But when we get to the thought of the, like the King James side of it, you know, I came out of that after studying and looking through that. So, Allison, I want to ask you that same question. What was your thoughts when I was going through that same process? Did you think, like Mary, that I was a heretic and that I was going to hell and that I was in a midlife crisis? Or or what was your thoughts when we were going through that? To me, I was very curious to see what else was out there just because I had been told pretty much my entire life this is the way it is without reason I had so many rules that I was never told why those are the rules yes I'd said in Bible class after Bible class chapel after chapel but it was more of just this is what you do not this is why you do it and I think when you started coming home and just saying all this, I was very curious. It did take me a while to uh, use a different version um, just because the King James was what I was used to. But the first time I think I picked up a different version and actually read it for myself, it was almost like the Bible had actually come alive to me. Like I could actually really understand it. And... Um, I think what also truly helped me to not just James, but, um, even the different schools that I taught at, um, 
and just seeing the different perspectives there. I taught at a independent fundamental um, school right when we moved here from uh, from Idaho, and they had even had different views than what gospel I had. And so I think little by little, and then coming home and James saying stuff, and it just made me more curious to want to to hear what was out there. Yeah. Fun fact about that school that she taught at when we came back, that was John's hometown school that he went to. I've preached chapel there a couple of times. John, have you gotten to preach chapel there at all? Shut up, James. <laughs> His picture is on the wall for the state champion, the only team that ever went to state champion there, but he's never gotten to speak chapel there. I've never even been invited. Yeah. And it's not going to happen now. Um, is your name I, I, I want to come back to also and say this too. One of the issues, one of the things, I grew a lot. The church we got plugged into once we came here to Manchester, um, the pastor, and I don't know if I've, I've said this uh, many times on the podcast, but the pastor really, God used him in my life to help me as well grow and, and, and him mentoring me and bringing me along and challenging me. Mary, it was a, it's a small church. It still is a small church, and at the time, it was a small church that really didn't have much young families there. So Mary wasn't in, like, she was taking care of kids or in the nursery or teaching a kid's class. I mean, you probably weren't in the—and this is, again, this is not ideal. Don't don't act like I'm—I'm I'm, I'm just saying this is the situation we were in, you know, seven years ago. You probably were hearing preaching from the pulpit about— like 10 to 15 percent of the time i mean for 90 you know 80 percent of the 80 85 percent of the time you were not in there no i was busy serving right i was busy serving in the church um but not hearing um the word of god preached like i should because i was serving yeah and so that was also something that we were not doing well and it was working against us so before we go into like the four rules four keys of communication i do want to say this that one aspect you say you may be listening and say, okay, so you guys, we, we're tracking with you guys. We're either tracking with James and Allison or we're tracking with John and Mary. Um, uh, one of the things that I would say to you is you need to get plugged into a church where you can hear the Bible being preached and explained from the pulpit on a regular basis. You need a good church, a healthy church to do that. So let's go to the next well, thing. Go ahead, James. Well, I think— I think one thing to add to all that, John, as well, is one thing that Scott said in our last episode that I wasn't able to be on that was a fantastic episode. If you didn't listen to it, I just finished it. Go back and listen to it. It's so good, so helpful. So much truth was given in there. But one of the things he said was there's not a specific step method in discipling, dealing with people, helping people. Just like leaving legalism, there's not a specific step or a way to go through this. You're not going to go through exactly the way me and Allie did or the way John and Mary did. Your way may be completely different to where maybe the wife is more leaving legalism and the husband's trying to catch up and the wife's role is helping that husband through some of these communication areas. And so don't think, man, I'm not like either one of them. That's fine. There's not a specific way to leave legalism. It's simply having the right tools in your belt to be able to help each other go through this process. Yeah, so we wanted uh, wanted to give you a little, uh, some things here that um, have this sort of just these are what we use in biblical counseling. Is the what happened? Did I miss something? I kicked the mic. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, the four keys to communication. Um, keep your mic steady. Number one. No, um, the first one is be honest, and so I tagged onto the side of this. Be honest but not unloving. And if you're like me, or let me say this, like I was, then you may say, yep, I'm going to be the honest person in the relationship. I don't care if it hurts you. I'm telling you the truth. But I think the thing is that we need to understand is that we can we can deliver the truth in a way that will turn our spouse off completely. It may be the truth, but they're not going to listen. But we can also deliver that same truth in a way that may get them to think about it. 
if that makes any sense. I don't know, James, Allie, Mary, what do you guys think? Um, I would say one thing that really got me during all of this is that you would you would give me, you would always um, ask me, Mary, show me where what the Bible says. Show me from the Bible. And that was something that consistently came up all the time when I would ask him. Um, Sorry. You're, you're distracting I'm, I'm me. I've distracted her. <laughs> um, yeah, see. <laughs> you're going to have to so edit I was this. thinking. Sorry, I was thinking, John. You did number one. I'll do number two. Allie can do number three. And Mary can do number four. On the list of number four, there's four of us. <laughs> we can sort of introduce it and talk through it. Sorry. My mind was – I'm thinking. There you go, everybody. That's how we figure things out on the fly. And what is our motto? We don't edit. We don't edit. <laughs> All right, Mary, do you remember where you were? <sighs> Sorry. That, that was my fault. I should. I was just spitballing there. Um, I guess backing up to that, uh, you would always ask me, Mary, show me from the Bible. Um, give me Bible for that, you know. Um, and it would always, I would get a little frustrated, be like, Ugh, but it says it in there. And then I'd go to find it, and it's, guess what? It wasn't in there. Um, and so I think a lot of the time we just, I would, he would just lovingly say, Hey, you know, Mary, can you just show me from the Bible where it says, you know, you have to wear a skirt or that you should have long hair or that, you know, whatever it may be, um, that, that the legalism that, um, that I was, um, in and believed to be truth as Bible, he would say, show me in the Bible where that's at. And I couldn't do it. So um, it really started turning around my way of thinking to where, um, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it because it's uh, some, it's man-made and that's what um, I was taught was right? Or is that what the Bible says? So, yeah, this is also on this note before I send it over to um, James. The last James brought up the last episode. In the last episode, Scott made a point: the right truth at the wrong time is the wrong truth. Mm-hmm. And man, have I not experienced that so much in my marriage? And John, I literally just told Allison that statement when I got home. Yeah, because it's so appropriate. Like you could come home, and you may be having a conversation about, let's say, you're having a conversation about your wife's in-laws, right, or your husband's in-laws. And, it, well, I mean, this is practical, right? I mean, most issues either are money or in-laws uh, in a marriage. And Money or the honey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so you may be sitting there and saying, like, you know, they may be very upset about the situation, and you may throw the truth out there. It may be true, but at the time— and the the emotion of the moment, they're not going to receive it. And so, therefore, it may actually cause a wedge in between you because the way the truth and the time the truth was delivered, it was not a time where it would be received. But yet at another time where emotions have calmed down and time has gone away from the situation, then, yeah, the truth is going to make a whole lot of sense to them in that moment. And man, if I knew that ten years ago, my we could probably be at a whole lot more, you know, closer to Christ, closer to each other's state than what we are now. Yeah, and that's that's so true, uh, in a lot of ways. Let's go to number two for sake of time, John. Number two here on communication is be current. Communicate regularly. When you are in a time where you're going through this, I know I've said this before and I know I've I've alluded to it. That time for us was pillow talk when we all the kids were in bed and we had time to talk through an episode as we're watching something and there was a lot of pausing going on and we would talk and then we would unpause and then we would talk again and it wasn't always in the bed pillow talk but it was times where we're we're walking through life together. A lot of pausing. Yes, a lot of pausing. And so, Allison, what do you how how would you say that we communicated and even still now today do we how do you well do you think we communicate? Be honest. That's what John just said, be honest. 
Pastor John said that. Well, um, we are both professional talkers. I'm a school teacher. You're a pastor. So, I mean, what we do day in and day out is talks. I think it's for us, it, it's easier to communicate. Um, we are both very inquisitive people. You have questions. I have questions. You like to um, see what I'm thinking because I'm, I'm not a person to just um, ex share all of my feelings all the time. You may see my feelings, but I don't necessarily share them. And um, I, I, say, I would say that we do communicate pretty well. Um, well, I, I'll say this. I think that I, I think it's real easy because life can be so busy. Mm-hmm. Not to actually, and when we're talking about talk and communicate, we're not talking about like, "Hey, what what happened today?" or you know, whatever. It's it's real easy to just get into the routine of the busyness of life and never actually sit down and have a conversation with your spouse. So if like four or five days have gone by and you haven't had at least a thirty minute conversation, when I'm doing marriage counseling, one of the things that I always do when I'm doing marriage counseling is a homework assignment when we give assignments at the end, is at least I'm putting something in there where I want you to talk for at least 30 minutes about what you've been going over, maybe this session or something. Because if you've gone four or five days and you haven't had a 30-minute conversation with each other, uninterrupted, undistracted, about just life or concepts or ideas, you're not communicating regularly. And it's real easy for as long, the more longer and longer that goes by, for more and more time to go by, that that space to get wider and wider and wider. Yeah, I completely agree. Mary, what's your thoughts on that? Um, yes, I totally agree with that. Um, with us having um, four children, I had found when um, we were going through the, uh, the season of life where we were transitioning out of legalism, that we had to intentionally mm -hmm. make time to do that. Um, because when you have small children, I mean, there were several times we tried to have conversations, but it was just, it would mommy, be mommy mommy, 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 or daddy this, or, and it was, it would, it, it would get frustrating. So we made a point to um, designate a time when we put the kids to bed. Okay, well, let's sit down and let's talk about this. Or, um, getting a babysitter and let's go out to dinner and have time where we can um, talk about these things so that we're not growing apart, but we are growing together um, through this. And sometimes like I come, if I, if it, what if my schedule changed too, where I was coming in like um, for a couple of days a week at like four instead of seven. And so when she'd start cooking supper, a lot of times I would be, I would just hang out in the kitchen. We'd talk. And so she's sitting there doing kitchen. And, and that's not ideal because there is distractions there. But we have found a lot of times, like, around the kitchen, we just we just sit there and we'd talk about the day, about the situations. You know, we're, we're like, you guys were in ministry, so a lot of times we're talking about and um, what's going on in the lives of church members and getting on the same page with those things. There's people telling her situations that she has to inform me on. There's people telling me about situations that i got to inform her on. And so, you know, just things like that, finding those times. And, you know, at the get-go, if you're not doing that, it may be important to where you say, all right, this night of the week, like I would make my list. I would plan out my week in my planner. And like Friday nights, I'd write down family worship, quality time with Mary. Like I would write it down until it became a habit that that's what we were doing. Um, we spent a lot of time on that one. Um, I think the next one, Allie, are you good to go? Or are you busy with the, with Jay Hudson Taylor? We have our, Taylor? Honorary, our, honor, our honorary uh, co-host here with us, uh, Mr. Hudson. And so he just woke up from his nap i don't know if he this is not he the first time hudson has been on the podcast oh, he is he is our honorary co-host yeah and so ali go ahead and give us the third one here if you can talk through that uh, the third one is attack the problem not the person and if you want me to start okay so 
I would say definitely with this one, um, if you're having a problem where it is, uh, there may be an issue where I may not be on the same page. And whereas like John and Mary were saying, like you were saying, um, where is that found in scripture? And I feel like, um, in the sense like we're, we can at times, um, where we, we know that I don't know, keep stumbling over my words. What am I supposed to say? Here? Oh, you're good. <laughs> She's a little distracted. She is a little distracted with Hudson. Um, Hudson's like, he's like, what are these new toys you got for me, mommy? <laughs> so, Basically, what she's saying is when you're going through these things, you want to attack truth. You want to give truth and not necessarily attack the person. Uh, and that is so hard for us to do because a lot of times we will, and I, t I teach this in marriage counseling as well, never bring the pastor into your marriage your marriage sessions if you're arguing because the pastor's not there to defend himself. Uh, and so often we can attack a person because they're going through this instead of simply just saying, hey, this is truth. This is what I'm going through with the problem uh, and not necessarily attacking the actual person themselves. And so it's very difficult uh, for us to do that. John, what's your thoughts on that? Well, attack the problem and not the person is sort of, I, I like to explain it this way. Um, you, you know, when you're in the middle of a, of a argument or conflict, um, it's real easy because, because you're married and you know each other so well to start judging the motives of what the other person is saying um, based on what you know about them. So, for instance, like if you're saying there's there's an argument about something that happened and this situation is going on, or, or let's say you may come up with a, a biblical situation and you say, I, I'm, where you're talking about this, and you say, I don't agree with this anymore, it's, it would be real easy for a spouse to then say, well, the only thing, the reason you don't like that is because you don't like my family, and my family believes that. No, 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 what are you doing? You're attacking the person now. You're attacking motivations from that person and not the situation. Instead, what would be a better route to go, a better route to go would be like, okay, I don't see what you're saying Explain to me why you think this is the wrong direction. Give me proof. Give me evidence. Give me Bible on why this is wrong. Instead of going straight to the motives and tearing the person down because you think the reason they're doing this. Now, I was someone who would be really quick to do this, and I would put Mary in this situation because Mary would 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 she would defend and she would say this, and I say and I would be real quick to say, well, the only reason you're doing this is because you're scared to death. What your family's going to think of you? What am I doing in that moment? I'm attacking her as a person and not staying on task of the problem. And this is another aspect of this, this argument, too, is that when you get into a conflict or argument and you veer off of this one right here, manipulation becomes very, very easy. Gaslighting becomes very, very easy because now you're going after your, the person. And who are, who, when you're talking about the marriage relationship, who is that person that you end up attacking? It's supposed to be your best friend. It's supposed to be your teammate. It's supposed to be the one that you're in it with together for life. And what are you doing? You're going after them. And so that is very key. Don't attack the problem. Or don't attack the person. Attack the problem. Mary, do you have any corrections that need to be made on that one? Or are we good to go on the next one? Okay. All right. Um, so this brings us to number four. And um, Mary wanted me to handle it. It was act and don't react. Act and don't react. And so uh, when we talk about this, we're basically meaning that emotions can get high, especially with spouse arguments, right? Because, you know, we're, we can get hot with each other. We can get real quick to um, really come with comebacks and talk about things. So it is better to prefer your spouse and if you don't have a planned response, take a breather to let the emotions simmer down instead of reacting, which is the emotional spot response right there, the words. Now, can I say this? Um, James and Allison and Mary and I are not set going through all these things with you because we have them down perfectly. <laughs> these are these are things that we have not attained and and have perfection in this um these are things still in areas where we can find ourselves struggling um 
but there are things to, to, to keep us back on track, that whenever we find ourselves going into this type of situation or this type of argument, uh, step back after the fact and say, you know what, I did this. I need to make it right. I may have been right on the point, but I handled it wrongly. Yeah, and just to give a practical illustration for us in this situation, we were in our first year of marriage in Idaho, and we had our little two-bedroom apartment, and we had an argument. We had some, I don't even remember what the argument was. Allie may, because she's a great, much better memory than I have. And uh, the argument happened, and I wanted to hug it out. Like, I wanted to, let's, let's embrace, let's figure out what's going on, let's figure out why you're upset. And she just wanted to get as far away from me as she could. So she went into the bedroom, shut the door, locked the door, and wouldn't let me come in. And she said, I just need time to process this. Well, I was wanting to act upon this problem. I wanted to fix it where she just needed time to process. So I stood at the door like a immature 22-year-old and uh, beat on the door, Allison, Allison, Allison. And she's going crazy because she's just trying to process what's going on. And so I learned very quickly how to deal with problems, uh, even in my marriage, um, of acting and reacting in situations. Any comment there, Allie? I think that after that story, we just need to stop and have a counseling session with James and Allison. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. <laughs> Joking. All right. Did you have anything you wanted to add there? Okay. I, okay. So this is the last point we're going to cover. That was the four keys of communication, and I do think that Mary may have some things to say on this one because um, this is one that I think is also very, very helpful and key uh, as you're growing together and helping uh, spouses get on the same page. And that is develop friendships outside of the legalism bubble. And what I'm talking about there is um, if one spouse is struggling. Develop friendships with people who you know love Jesus and love God, but don't really have an understanding of legalism. That'll really listen. That that I think that Mary has told me before that really really helped her um, just move past some of the things that her conscience was just like scaring her to death over. You you have something to add about that? Um, no, I totally agree. Um... As we were going through this, a couple started going to church with us, and I had said something about a version of the Bible or something like that, or, or had mentioned KJV-only-ism, and she was like, what? Like, she had no idea, uh, you know, or concept of people only believed in the KJV. Like, she, w- she didn't have um, any knowledge of that legalism or there were other aspects that I had brought up to her, and she was like, it was totally foreign to her um, because she was not raised in a very legalistic church. And so she helped, and she encouraged me along the way um, that, okay, so what my husband has been telling me and leading me through and um, the journey we had we were on, um, okay, there was other people, and... In other words, John's not crazy. John's not crazy. John's not a heretic. Um, there's valid, um, there's truth in this, and I need to um, get rid of self and, okay, let me open my eyes and see, okay, what does the Bible say? What is, um, you know, am I submitting to my husband? Am I um, having an open open mind about what he is saying because, as a leader in our family? And so I think that was a big turning point um, for me and our relationship. Well said. Well, and I think even talking about this, and because Allie's rocking Hudson to sleep right now, I'll answer for her because we've talked about it. She, it was easy for her to make friends in Idaho, and it was easy for her to make friends in Rockwell because I wasn't on staff there. But in the church structure we're in right now, and making friends outside of that church structure and even inside the church structure because of the role we have at the church and the way the church is, it is very difficult for her to uh, make friends outside of just our little bubble. Um, 
to where I mean I could make friends with my my wonderful four freedom mug here that I got off of T Public. I could I could be friends with that all day long uh, because I'm a I can make a friend with anything. And so in her personality and because of the past and the hurt that we've been through, she's less reluctant, more reluctant to make friends outside because of the pain and the hurt that she's been through. And so that's part of even leaving legalism that we still struggle with because building that friend group, building that, the, that support community outside of just who we're in is very hard. Uh, I was reading uh, some, some stuff out of dangerous calling today. And uh, Paul Tripp said that he, he was at a church where they had just a pastor's wife, small group where they were able to get together, talk through things and flesh out a lot of things that were going on in their ministry and in their own personal life where they knew that it was confidential in that group um and he encouraged wives to have that and i told ali about that when i got home because how often do we sometimes get stuck in our own lane and our own attitude of what we're doing and we don't have those friends outside um you know she tells me often you've got john and a couple other guys that you call and you talk to i just wish that sometimes i had those people i could have to talk to so I could talk through some of these things I'm going through. So having those people outside are definitely a help. You're not on an island. You're not by yourself. People are going through the same thing you're going through, and there's people out there to help us. Yeah, let me say this, too, at this point. I, we're, what we're, don't, I always say this at church when I'm preaching. Don't hear what we're not saying. And what I mean by that in this case is we are not saying that you should – disconnect or separate from friends that you have that are within those IFB circles. Mm -hmm. By no means. We're ne we are not saying that at all. And quite honestly, uh, many of you have probably already gotten to the point where you're like, no, we don't, you know, you've been, um, because maybe you've changed or you've gone this direction that people have, you know, left you. But if you still have friends, that I'll tell you what, I, I still have friends, very, very close friends that are in that in those circles and those friendships have been tested but i can say genuinely we may disagree on some of those matters but my goodness if 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 if, if something crazy is happening you know they're one of the first people that i would call because through it all they're still my friend and what I, what i'm trying to say there is they refuse to leave me as a friend because they valued my friendship as well as I valued theirs. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is if they are truly a good friend, they won't abandon you during this time. And so we don't want you to hear what we're saying and then think that you shouldn't be friends with. No, no, no. You keep those friendships. But having friends in your life, especially for the spouse that is that is struggling with the with the changes, with the with the growth, with the with the new direction, maybe having friends that love Jesus, but have not been in legalism is a huge thing of, of just opening their minds to a world that they didn't realize existed or even could fathom existed. And so I guess that's the, that's the point we're trying to get at. Um, that was all we really had. Um, I think it's, it's, we've covered a lot. We've had some fun. Yeah, we did. We covered, I thought it was really good. And, we're definitely going to have them back on for part two of something. Part two uh, of something. If we can talk them into it. <laughs> we don't know what the topic is yet, but we're going to have them back on. Yeah. In fact, maybe listeners could help us with that topic. What would be something that we could mm. we could do and the wives would? Yes. Mary, you're down for that, right? Of course. <laughs> Allie's back there. She's holding Hudson, but she's I can tell she's saying yes. She's emphatically shaking her head yes, yes that she yes. wants to do it. So we are all in. <laughs> Safer to all in. This is going on YouTube. Yes, it has to. Our wives are like, heck to the now. <laughs> yeah. All right, John. It's been real and it's been fun, but I think it's time for us to hit the bed because it's getting at 10. 10 oh, I, for, I forgot it's a, you guys are an hour. Yeah. yeah. And you got so, school tomorrow. All right. So, but, uh, how are we going to close this thing down? Um, well, Allie's off the mic. She seems a little busy. She can jump in. Okay. All right. Mary, go ahead with the... Mary's going to give the sign-off, then Allie will give James's tag. Until next time, to God.
not the pastor. Be the glory. <laughs> yes. She was like, what is it? What do y'all say? Because she doesn't listen to our podcast. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Bye. Hey, uh. All right, Al, you putting him to bed. Thanks for listening to the For Freedom Podcast. To find more content like this, please visit rfpnetwork.org. To find more podcasts like this one, resources, and meetups to encourage you on your journey.